You're listening to the King's Church Podcast. Visit us online at kingswisbeach.org.uk. In your Bibles, if you'd like to turn to Matthew chapter 5, we're beginning a new series looking at what we call the Beatitudes from the Sermon on the Mount. So as we go through it uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to take one verse at a time. So I'm going to take the first few verses. Matthew chapter 5. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So if you want a text for today, that's it. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Usually in life I manage, I cope, Um, not many things faze me uh, except for when I got my father-in-law's car stuck on the Welsh hillside, Uh, but that's another story. (laughs) Um, But those of you who were here last week, we reported that in our house the cellar flooded and when we discovered the flood it was one of those moments when I just stood there and thought I haven't a clue what to do to stop this flood. Um, And obviously discovering it, then we've got to sort the problem out. So this week has been loads of phone calls and contacting people. What do I do about this? Uh, I was recommended one company that came and it took quite a few days for the guy to turn up and then he stood looking at the problem and we think the problem is our soak away which is very close to the house he stood looking down in the soak away shook his head and said i haven't a clue (laughs) thank you so so when we're stuck we need to go to the right people who know the uh the, the right answers often we learn to cope through life's experiences and challenging experiences teach us And I know that there are people who face more serious challenges than a water coming into a cellar. Just in the course of life, we know that for some people, life just collapses around them. All that they felt safe and secure about just disappears. And there comes a feeling of hopelessness and I haven't got a clue what to do in this situation. And when Jesus talks about the poor in spirit, he's not talking about those who are poor because they haven't got money or possessions. He's talking about those who are poor in their spirit. And perhaps we understand that when when we use the word, I'm dispirited. Like the spirit, the breath has gone out of me. I've run out of gas. I've come to the end. That's why we did in our meeting that's why we did this little exercise why do people need Jesus and in his ministry Jesus met the needs the physical needs of people who had nowhere else to go because my servant my daughter is ill or dying I've got this incurable disease I've paralyzed I've been like this for 38 years I've never found a cure and they came came to Jesus and the the gospel is the power of God and when Jesus was uh, talking to people, he said, if you don't believe me because of what I'm saying, believe me because of the miracles I've done. 
And the miracles, the physical healings, the deliverance are signs of the goodness of God that he wants to lift you out of this situation, but not only to address your physical needs, but actually to bring you into his kingdom. So we looked at Bartimaeus, Jairus, the disciples on the boat in the storm. And Jesus was the answer to their need. Now preachers have a problem. It's not that they go on too long. <laughs> but the problem preachers have is to say something very significant and meaningful, but to keep it simple. And that really is a challenge for any preacher. But I read something at the end of last week which sort of summarised the whole of life for me. It put the whole of life into categories. And I said, I, I understand that. And the preacher said that anything in my life, three words, anything in my life can be either holy or it can be common or it can become unclean. And if you think about anything in life, education, science, money, it can become holy in the purposes of God. It can become common, it's normal, it's good, it's, that's how it works. Or everything and anything can become unclean and can be used for evil and destructive purposes. Certainly, we can see how easy things can become unclean. So the media, the internet, can easily become unclean. We can see that. Most of us say, well, life is pretty common and ordinary. You know, I go to work, I get my pay, I clean the house, I do my job. It's common. I get on with it. Not many people in the world see all of life as holy. And the common can become holy. Everything that we are and everything we do and everything we touch can be for God and according to his purposes. That's what Keith was talking about last week. That we come and say, this is me, this is all of my life, and I'm giving it over to you. In that moment, it becomes holy. And God can take that and use it. And that's what Jesus wants us to be when he's addressing the crowds. He's the, the, the disciples came to him. That's what he wants people to be, to be holy. Or if you find that word a bit stuffy, say, oh, that, you know, that, oh, holy, I'm not sure I like that. He says later in the same sermon, I want you to be different. Certainly different from the sinful, but I'd like you to be different from the common as well. I'd like you to be holy. And so he goes through these characteristics. And he says, if you're merciful, if you're meek, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be, and he uses these two pictures, you'll be like salt and you'll be like light. And he makes a ridiculous comparison. He said, I don't want you to be salt that's not salty or light that, give, that doesn't give out light. Well, that's, you know, salt is salty and light does give out light. But if we are what he's describing here, we will be different because we're set apart for God in this world. I'll tell a personal story, and I, I say it not to boast about myself, but to illustrate the point. When I was working in the prison chaplaincy, um, obviously we've got quite a, a range of characters there, 
Um, most I, I liked, there were some I didn't like, but most of them I liked and got on with, most with them. So for those who don't know, it was a, a Category A uh, prison, um, people in for long sentences, uh, terrorist activities, murders and all, all sorts of things. And there was a, a man who came to me, got to know him, and I used this my, uh, as an illustration when I had to reapply for my job within the prison. The governor interviewed me and he said, Clive, why do you want to do this job? And I used this story that there was this guy, I won't give you his name, but he came to me and he said, I want what you've got. And it's being salt and light, it's being different in a place that is attractive. Let your light shine, be salt, change the, the world around you. IJM, which is an organization of the church we support, uh, sent me a New Year's card. I just loved it. They're quoting Amanda Gorman, but uh, it says on the card here, there is always light if only we're brave enough to see it, but I like the second one, if only we're brave enough to be it. Isn't that good? Thank you, Jessica. I like an amen. I like a hallelujah. <laughs> There's always light, second phrase, if only we're brave enough to be it. See, some people think, okay, well, um, I follow Jesus as a teacher. I'm not too sure about this sacrificial offering on the cross, but I like his teacher, teaching. And so John Stott, when he was commenting on this, he says, some people who just accept Jesus as a teacher, they would say, well, I live by the Sermon on the Mount. I just do that. And John Stott made a very wise comment. He said, the kindest thing I can say about those people is, They've never read the Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> because all those characteristics, the meek, righteousness, merciful, pure in heart, list any of them, do we pass or do we fail? And that's the point of it, really. That we're not here putting a benchmark of goodness in which you come into the kingdom of God. You've got to be good enough. You've got to be pure in heart. You've got to be merciful. The, the, the door into the kingdom is not our goodness. That's the whole point of this text. The door's open to those who say, I can't do it. I can't make it. There's a poverty in my spirit. I'd like to be, but when I try, I fail every time. See, this is, this is what the gospel is. And however you phrase it, um, we have lots of phrases that you're adopted as his child, you're born again, you become a Christian. However we phrase it, it's not those who would think they are good enough that get in, but those who recognize they're not good enough to be included in. Jesus stated it very clearly in his parable of the two men who went to the temple to pray. And one said, God, I thank you. I'm not like these other people and sinners and do all bad stuff. Um, I'm good enough for you. And the other one who said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus says, it's the second one. Who, Lord, who just needed the mercy of God, that he comes in. In fact, he put it very starkly, Matthew 21, to the religious leaders, the elders, and the, the scribes and the Pharisees, he said 
to them. They, they, no wonder they went for him, big guns. When Jesus says to these religious people, he says, do you know what? Tax collectors and prostitutes get into the kingdom ahead of you because they believe the gospel. Because they believe that grace and mercy is needed for me to come in. And that's what this text is saying. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The old hymn which says, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. And it's that sense of poverty of spirit, nothing makes me holy in his eyes. Nothing entitles me to a relationship with God. Nothing I have gives me the ability to live as he wants me to live. And nothing within me really gives a clear understanding of who God is. I can't do it in myself. And that's a great invitation of the kingdom. Come as you are. Come as you are. But as you enter into the kingdom, his love transforms us into what we ought to be. You see, it's love that loves us enough not to leave us as we are. And it's not a, a lucky dip of qualities. Well, I'm not very good on being meek, but I'm quite a good peacemaker. And, you know, um, purity of heart will forget that one. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's like the, 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 fruit of the Holy, fruit of the Holy Spirit, that ninefold. It's not nine different characteristics. It's all one character, one personality expressed in different ways. So here, God wants us to be all of this. He wants us to, to be meek, to thirst for righteousness, be merciful, pure in heart, peacemakers, and even when we're persecuted for righteousness' sake, to rejoice and be glad for great is our reward in heaven. So when we talk about the poor in spirit, and there is a corrupted gospel that is out there, which is very strong, that if you're poor, come into the kingdom and God will make you materially rich. We do not teach that. We do not preach that. God supplies. Read the rest of it. Uh, seek first his kingdom and what we need will be supplied. And sometimes God does take us through passages of having abundance. He also takes us through passages where we, we're, we're in want and need and have to learn to trust in him. In fact, well, uh, we think there's an election coming up this year in this country. <laughs> we anticipate there will be. And people will putting out their, their, their manifesto, believe these promises we're making. And see, some people see this Sermon of the Mount as Jesus' manifest his new Moses going up the mountain giving the criteria for the kingdom. Well, actually, as a manifesto, it's not got the popular vote because you're looking to go down, to be merciful, to have purity of heart, to forsake the allure and the pull of the world. It's quite a challenge, this, because it's challenging us to take up our cross and to follow him. It's a denying of ourself. But. But Jesus says. And these are his words. When we come to him. Acknowledging our need. And perhaps the Lord takes us to a situation. Where we have to acknowledge our need. 
puts us in circumstances where we become desperate. I know that was for a lot of the guys in prison who became Christians. They said the best thing that happened to them was being sent to prison so that they knew they needed some help outside of themselves. And perhaps for some of us, we've gone through very testing times that say, the only answer is God. Well, then when God comes, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I've put down two, th ten thing, two. I've put down ten things. I thought, well, I could have kept going on and on and on. What are the blessings of being in the kingdom of heaven? What, are, what, what do we receive in the kingdom of heaven? When we come in that poverty of spirit, God doesn't leave us poverty of spirit. He enriches us. I've put down ten and then I thought, oh, well, I can't keep going on forever. Okay, I want some hallelujahs, amens, praise God's here. Okay, when we receive the kingdom, we know Jesus the son of the living God, and we know the fullness of God's kingdom. We have him in our life. I don't live this alone. I've got the living God in me and walking through me. We know God's protection and provision because we're his children. And that frees us from anxiety because we've learned to trust as we've just been singing. In his kingdom, I have abilities that I never thought was possible. I can do things in his strength, which I never thought I could do. And there's many people in this church have proved that. You've overcome inhibitions. You've overcome fears. You have confidence. And, and to minister, to do your job, to be what God created you to be. Wow. Who else could give you that? I have strength to deal with temptation. And authority to resist the devil. He has no hold on me because I'm his child. And the blood of Jesus has dealt with that. And I live in his kingdom. So I keep going, yes. I have Jesus as my teacher. I have the son of God who wrote the Bible. He will illuminate it for me. And in that teaching and transforming, in that teaching, he transformed me. The power of his word transforms me to be like Jesus. I've got a new family. I've been brought into this family, which isn't just limited to here. It goes throughout the nation. It goes throughout the world so that wherever I meet a Christian, I went to China. I can't speak Chinese, but when I met the Christians, I knew we were of the same family because the same spirit. We have a new family. I've got a sure and certain hope of the future. My future is in his hands. And there's a future for myself. There is also a future for the world. God has a plan for this world and his kingdom will come on earth. His will will be done on earth. The glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. That is the certainty and the hope that I have. I've got the Holy Spirit. I'm not abandoned. I'm not left as an orphan. I've got him living with me, strengthening, enabling, teaching and training, giving me motivation. I've got assurance that my death is not the end of my life. I believe in the resurrection because Jesus rose again. That's the power of the kingdom of God. 
And I believe that when he comes again, the whole world will be transformed and made new and will live on earth in a new heaven and a new earth. So are we poor Christians? No! We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. We come in poverty-stricken, but once you come in, he says, yours is the kingdom. I give you, to you I give the kingdom. Now if we think we don't need that, we've excluded ourselves. But if we recognise that to be what God has called me to be and to have the life that he's called me to have to fulfill all his plans and purposes, I need to come in empty-handed and then he fills my hands. The psalmist says, my cup runneth over. The, 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 the song we sing, I'm getting a bit carried away now. I must stop in a minute. Tell me to stop in a minute, Verity. But the, 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 the song we sing, you know, Amazing Grace. No, that's not the one I'm thinking of. When we've been there, uh, what's it? Um, Blessings all mine. Great is thy faithfulness. That's the one. Great is thy faithfulness. You know that song. And we sing, Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. If we were to list all the blessings that God has given us, would it be 10,000? We come in poor in spirit. And that's how Jesus accepts us. And he fills our life with good things. Let me finish. Brought a little illustration here. Okay. This is a, a jade plant that we've had for 36 years. Okay. Uh, for a while I was working for BRT Bearings. Uh, after being unemployed I got a job working for BRT Bearings. And the church was beginning to grow. And um, I'd, I felt under God that I should give up that full-time work and go for a sort of zero-contract part-time work. And when I left BRT Bearings, uh, one of the secretaries, Joan, came and she, she was really worried. Do you, know, do you know what you're doing? Do you know what you're doing? And she gave us this, uh, this jade plant. So I don't particularly like it. <laughs> <laughs> But it sits on our windowsill in the kitchen because it's a reminder that every time we've obeyed God, he's been faithful and supplied. But I've brought it because it grows and it gets too big. And so before Christmas, it was getting leggy and over. So I, I cut it down. And you know, with this jade plant, as soon as you cut it down, you see what happens? A little shoot begins again. And that's how we've had it for 36 years. We just keep cutting it down and it grows again. And when we come bruised, broken, poverty spirit, as if life has cut us down, there's a promise about the Messiah that Isaiah gave. He said, a bruised reed he will not break. And when we come in our poverty, the life of Jesus can bring like a resurrection. New life can spring from there. We quoted it in Psalm 51. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. It's actually God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And if we come in our poverty and say, oh, I'm at the end. I just don't know what to do. 
Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and you'll find rest. And he invites us to come in so that his life can grow in us.